I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. All right, let's talk about getting outside your comfort zone, something I'm doing as we speak. I am recording this in a brand new studio that I'm putting together, and I'm a little outside my comfort zone. I, if you can believe this, I love change, but I also don't like change. Makes no sense, yet it will, yet it does. But I'm outside my comfort zone right now, but I know I need to be, and I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk from personal experience. I'm also gonna talk from my experience of working with literally thousands of people over the past three plus decades in my camps, as a trainer, teaching class, private clients, consultations, you know, you name it, I've done it. And, and, and especially things like my books and videos where people will reach out after having done them. And you'll learn so much. You'll learn so much through the personal experience as well as working with other people. And yes, the studies as well. My sports psychology is a huge part of all of this. But the idea for this podcast came to me as I was driving past a new gym in my area and pretty cool, like huge windows and wide open spaces, which is uh, so common today, you know, um, lots of barbells and, and uh, you know, you've got the sleds and the power racks, all those kind of things, squat racks. And on one wall that was probably 25 feet high, uh, it was all black with white lettering and it said, if you do what's easy, your life will be hard. If you do what's hard, your life will be easy. And I'm looking at that, and I've seen that before. I've heard it before. You know, it's a common meme and just post on Instagram and different uh, social media places like that. And it, 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 I said, you know, I got to do a podcast about that, about getting outside your comfort zone, about doing hard things, you know, I... I talk about that frequently now after reading the amazing book, Do Hard Things by Steve Magness. Uh, what I do know is that it's often perceived and, and rightly so as extreme. And there are so many fitness life coaches out there who just, one in particular, not going to name names and more than one, but you know, that just... That's all they talk about. And they don't seem happy. And they seem angry. And I look at them and think, I know. But I think, why would people want to do that? That doesn't seem fun. <laughs> it doesn't seem like, why would you choose to do that? And I've told the story. I was, I was reading Do Hard Things on the Beach uh, last summer. One of my brothers walks by and he said, why would you do hard things? Why would you do our things? And that's how I'm going to finish this all up. And so much of this, of course, is common sense. But as Freud said, we as human beings avoid pain and seek pleasure. Why would you not, right? Why? <laughs> I love seeing people now, like, you know, the, all the rage now is... Um, Cold plunges, right? Taking cold showers, getting in freezing cold rivers. And I get it. 
I'm not doing it. <laughs> I've done it in the past. Uh, and I'm going to get to that too, that you're going to personalize your doing hard things and going outside your comfort zone. But it's got to be something that is palatable, right? So you're turning people off right away is what I'm saying when you see some of these people that are preaching this. And that's too bad because as I've said and will continue to say until the day I die, balance and moderation are more challenging than extremes. It's just the truth, right? Balance, moderation, having two cookies, one or two, instead of saying I'm never going to have them again, or I'm not going to have it for 30 days or 60 days, balance is more challenging. Yet it's not, right? That's the crazy thing. And so, yeah, we're supposed to do challenging things. But here's the, here's, the, here's the take on it that I have. This is my personal take. Again, after years of experience and education and, and continuing on, still continuing to do hard things. And I've done some of the hardest things. Actually, it's been, this has been somewhat linear. Even though I did the podcast on life is not linear. As far as doing hard things, uh, it's been somewhat linear for me. But as I say that out loud, it's all relative. In other words, like when I did my first 5K, that was really hard mentally and physically. And that's a huge part of the comfort zone. It's mental and physical. And the mental side is the most challenging side most often, right? We know we need to move more. We know we need to eat better. We know we need to do hard things occasionally. But that's the, that's the word that I got to throw in there. It's occasionally. It's not all the time. But here we go. All right. You know, I, again, my personal experience has been racing all over the world. And as I was just saying, the linear aspect to it is, you know, I just did the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim run solo. I mean, I went there with someone, but we ran separately. So solo twice and so physically you say oh well, my gosh that's 40 to 50 miles depending on on what trails you run and a 5k is three but it's relative and I was able to do that because I did the 5k because I did a 10k because I did a half marathon in a marathon, and they were all challenging in different ways. But the point is, it was progressive. And I actually, as I will get to, enjoy that the longer the event, I enjoy that kind of suffering more than the short. And I can get to that in a second. All right, but my racing around the world over the past three decades did so many things for me, including traveling to strange places to do really hard things, often by myself. And so it was physical discomfort and mental discomfort. And they're absolutely inherently intricately connected. 
but I built up over time. And that's so important. And so here's the great news. When it comes to getting outside your comfort zone, you hear it all the time. And let me give you like, it's, it's not just that, that first um, quote I gave you, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, that's a common one. And yeah, I agree with all of these things, but it's, I say it so often now, words matter. Again, so many people, that brother of mine included, are going to go, no, sounds horrible. I'd rather sit on my couch. I'd rather be warm than do hard things. I don't want to be uncomfortable. You know, we we evolved. We we came out of the caves. We we got fire. We built houses. We have air conditioning and heat and and this is what the comfort crisis is all about. Two of my favorite books, by the way, you're going to hear me talk about them all the time. Do hard things in the comfort crisis. And those are two books if you haven't read, you should read. And I would say read The Comfort Crisis first and Do Hard Things second. Uh, Comfort Crisis is by uh, Michael Easter. Amazing, amazing book. And if you haven't heard that uh, episode, the interview I did with him, check that out as well. But yeah, we, 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 we see these sayings, get comfortable being uncomfortable. One I will put out there that I think this is worded much better for the average person who doesn't really understand why you would possibly do things that make you uncomfortable. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. That's better. That's more palatable. And that's where we're going to go to. Okay, you got to challenge yourself. And, and that goes back to the mental and the physical. Both, and they're both connected, right? When you go and take a hard class, you know, whatever it may be, you have that foreboding, right? You go, oh, this is going to, this is going to hurt, <laughs> right? This is going to hurt but I'll get to that too. What's the worst that could happen? I'm getting ahead of myself, right? But I, I like that. So instead of, if you do what's easy, your life will be hard. However you do what's hard, your life will be easy. And that's kind of confusing if you actually break down that second sentence. If you do what's hard. So if I'm doing hard things all the time, how is my life easy? And I think that's how a lot of people perceive that. How much hard stuff do I need to do, <laughs> right? How much hard stuff do I need to do? I'd get comfortable being uncomfortable. If you actually kind of break that sentence down too, it really doesn't make sense either, right? Because if you're comfortable being uncomfortable, then you're not uncomfortable. You're comfortable, <laughs> right? The secrets to life are on Instagram. I say it all the time. It's the application and the understanding of them that is difficult. All right, let's just pull this all together, okay? So I've had so many phenomenal experiences with this. And I want you to, too. I want you to, too, to have those experiences. Because that, to me, is what life's all about. It's not the material things. It's not how much money. I have the greatest stories, right? I mean, this is one of my favorite things in life now, is no matter the conversation I'm having, there's a really good chance that I've been to that country 
seen some amazing things, experienced some amazing things. And that to me is that that's living experiences. And that's going to be one of the benefits I get to. All right. But the great news again is that you don't have to be there long when it comes to getting outside your comfort zone. In fact, you shouldn't be there long. And the harder it is, the more uncomfortable you are, the shorter amount of time you should be there. Now, I'm talking from right now, well, a physiological standpoint. In other words, the harder your interval, the shorter it should be. And this is a major flaw with so many instructors. Like, okay, we're going to sprint for four minutes. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. And then there's no rest periods or limited rest periods. And so the harder you go, the shorter the interval. This goes to Tabata training, which has been completely just ruined is a strong word, but watered down. And I get it. You go, well, you're contradicting yourself. We're trying to make hard things easier. Yeah, yeah. I get it, but like Tabata, which is 20 seconds all out hard, 10 seconds recovery done eight times. When you do that 20 seconds the way they did it in that original study, it was 170% of VO2 max. It was lung searingly hard. And that rest interval is 0.5 of the work interval, right? So that's ridiculously short. But so many instructors, I used to be, you know, there, there were people, many, who would say, Tom's not hard enough. He gives us too much rest. The other instructor makes us sprint for five minutes. And guess what? You're sprinting for like 20 or 30 seconds if you're doing it right. Obviously, it depends on what you're doing and things like that. But physiologically, most people end up in that gray zone. They're not really going hard and they're not really going, not going all out hard and they're not going super easy. It's that in between time and a place, time and a place for that. Okay. But that's just the analogy. You don't and shouldn't have to be there long when it comes to getting outside your comfort zone. That's great news. And you're going to start small. Again, I didn't start with Ironman. I didn't start running marathons, doing ultra marathons. I had shin splints and ankle issues and lower leg issues. I could not run as a kid. I was on the bench. I was in the trainer's room for soccer and football and those sports. Constantly getting taped up, constantly in pain. You got to start small. But there are no small steps. Again, back to Instagram and all those sayings we see, but it's so true. But people still say, well, I only did and I just did. And I keep saying to you, you have to take those words out of your vocabulary when it comes to exercise and when it comes to doing hard things and getting uncomfortable. You can and should only and just. But it's, I did four hard intervals of 30 seconds. Or I took this class that I've been, you know, absolutely petrified of taking. That's going outside your comfort zone. And I'm going to expand on this much more. This is like getting outside your comfort zone 101. 
but it's mental and physical. That's so important. And I brought this up earlier. I want you to think to yourself, when you're getting ready to get uncomfortable, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? You're gonna take this class and you're like, oh, I heard this instructor's really hard or you gotta do this hard track workout, whatever it is. Take this, you know, uh, do a hard event. What's the worst thing that could happen? You slow down. <laughs> That's usually what happens. The body is such a smart machine. And when we do challenging things, you slow down. And that was what I used to always think about with marathons and races like that. We're going farther, ultra marathons, the Grand Canyon run. What I love about going really far is you, you can't go that fast for the most part. And so you slow down. My goal was always to finish. That's why my primary goal, and I've had many events where things didn't go right, and the goal was to finish. And so the worst thing that could happen is you slow down. You get tired. Now, we can talk about other things, like embarrassing yourself. Who cares? Right? Especially at 53, I couldn't care less. Could not care less. Right? And truthfully, if I'm embarrassing myself, I'm trying new things. And embarrassing is, is your interpretation of it right? And I want you to think to yourself along with what's the worst thing that could happen. And I did this in my early uh, triathlons. Have other people done it? Then you can too, especially with something like that. And quick story, it was like my 10th Ironman in Arizona. And I had huge panic attacks. I, I don't like swimming. <laughs> it's not my strong suit. Even after all of these events around the world, I had a huge panic attack stopped, you know, couldn't breathe, was pulling at my wetsuit and was like, I'm done. I'm gonna, gonna DNF first time in my life, did not finish. And I looked around and I used all my sports psychology training at the time. And again, this is just to show you too, that it happens to everyone. And I looked around and there was other people. I go, these people are doing it. I can do this. I can do this. I slowed down. And not only did I finish, I'd one of my fastest race. I think it was my fastest race at the time. Got out of the water and biked and ran faster than I ever had. Swim was slow. And let me finish up this thought with this. I did the podcast about the first time I ran across the Grand Canyon and back. One of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life. I'm going to get to that. But the night before, because it was so new, so outside my comfort zone. I went through this mental checklist of things that could go wrong. And it was like 20 plus. And, and the worst, I mean, <laughs> death, death is one of them. I was running by myself. And obviously I'm speaking to you. So that didn't happen. And neither did any of the other 20 plus things. And so we prepare right? But worrying about something that might happen, that's one of the most incredible things too about doing hard things and challenging yourself and getting outside your comfort zone. You realize and learn over and over again those things you're worried about either most often don't happen 
And if they do happen, it's not a big deal. You get through it. And that's where the confidence comes from. That's where the self-efficacy comes from. Okay. Couple more quick points. Your type and level of discomfort is uniquely yours. That's what I learned from training people. That's what I learned as a coach over so many years. Your, that's, that's ultimately a good trainer, a good coach's job is to figure out where those lines are for you. Not for someone else. There's not that everyone is this way, you know, can do a uh, certain amount of weight, distant, whatever that may be. And especially psychologically. So that's you. And this is what I call mental failure, right? right? I talk about going to a technical failure with lifting weights, you know, 10 to 15 repetitions where the last few repetitions are difficult without losing form. Yeah, well, this is mental failure. <laughs> it sounds so wrong and so counterintuitive and just, uh, you know. But it's the same thing to some degree, right? You're going to take yourself right to that point where not your breaking point, but outside your zone of comfort, and then you're done. Stay there for a little while, and then you're done. But this goes to the type of discomfort, by the way. So just real simply kind of oversimplifying, but not. I talked about how, you know, there's 5K races where you can go really hard, right? You go hard and fast and short. Or you can do Grand Canyon, which is long, drawn-out suffering. I like the latter, okay? I say this all the time, and people think I'm nuts. Like, a marathon is harder to me than an ultramarathon or running across a Grand Canyon. A 5K is harder to me than a half marathon because the suffering, the level, the, you know, the speed, and just the heart rate you have to hit, I don't like it as much. And that's me. There are other people, friends, who are completely the opposite. But that's really important to know. You know, hear this. That discomfort, there are certain discomfort modes and types that you're going to enjoy more. Again, it sounds crazy, but it's not. And that's a perfect example, right? So I built up my self-efficacy first and foremost, doing the type of suffering, getting uncomfortable in the way that I enjoyed more. <laughs> it sounds crazy. And I know that I need to do the 5Ks and the track workouts. I'm not a fan of the track workouts. I'm not a fan of the swim workouts. So I do the other things to build up that, that self-efficacy, that situational confidence, and I work in the other types. So just know that. That you don't have to necessarily get uncomfortable in someone else's way. And that's where, you know, oftentimes you see these people on social media preaching and yelling at you and talking about what you have to do. And you go, I don't want to. And then you think, well, that means I don't want to get uncomfortable. No, it's not your type and level. Just like there's a million different types of exercises and so many options when it comes to healthy food. Same thing with getting uncomfortable. Got to figure out your way, your way. All right. Final point, and then I'm giving you the benefits, and we're done. My personal take, and I want to talk much more about this. This is, you know, 
kind of an amazing concept to me is that we suffer because things are thrust upon us, right? Uh, sickness, accidents, death, things that we don't have control over, right? Health scare, it's a huge one, so common. And then we have the ones where we choose to do it, right? The ones I just described, choosing to do really hard things or hard things, depending on where you are in your journey. I believe, and my personal experience is, that they're, they're different. In other words, you get different effects out of them. And let's just think about medical scares. People have life-threatening medical scares. They change their habits for a short amount of time. The scare goes away and they go right back to where they were. So my quick take on this and personal experience with it is you, there's some benefits from that and people interpret those things differently. Some you know people will make different changes over time and that's part of life. But my experience has been when you choose it, it really changes you. There's something, if you want to call it magical, it's definitely different that you make the conscious choice to go to that uncomfortable place. I've just found there's so much more learning. There's so much more change and it's stickier. It sticks with you. You tend to change behaviors over time and you really build up confidence. When you just have bad things happen to you, you don't get that confidence, even getting through it, the way you do when you choose to do those hard things. All right, final. Couple thoughts, benefits. What's the benefit? I've already kind of alluded to some, but it changes, it, it, I mean, it changes your life. It changes your perspective on everything. It does make life easier. Back to that original quote. You know, when you study stress, I love that concept stress and stressors, you know, they can break them down. Uh, they do break them down frequently into like daily hassles and chronic stress. So really quickly with that. So daily hassles is like traffic and coworkers, like little things, you know, someone cuts you off, uh, you know, you have a bad experience uh, at the store, you know, these little things day in and day out that we don't think are that big. And then the chronic stress or the big things that happen, you know, again, a health scare, um, someone gets sick, even death. What people don't realize is the daily hassles seem insignificant. People don't even realize they are stressing. Uh, they are stressed out from them. And that's insidious. Okay. That's where the heart attacks and the strokes happen over time. And so when you do hard things, when you get outside your comfort zone in your way, small steps, the kind you like, not staying there too long, those daily hassles start to fade away. You don't focus on them. And most often you're not focusing on them, as I said. And so they're not underlying. It's not an underlying stress that is so insidious and so dangerous. All right. And yes, it literally opens up the world to you. You are 
willing to try new things. When you go outside your comfort zone, you become more confident in all aspects of your life. You feel better about yourself. Yeah, you're stronger physically. You know, I this starts out with the the exercise component and the intervals and doing hard things uh, physically. But as I said, and probably bore you to death saying how it's always connected to the mental side, cognitive, psychological, you're stronger mentally. You know, if you asked me if I could go out and do one of these hard things, right? An Ironman. At any given time, I go, yeah, I could do it. I would suffer. <laughs> Depending on my level of training. Right now, I'm I'm in my off season as as we call it, right? January, February. But you get that confidence. It opens up the world and you're going to have a happier life, a less stressful life. And you're going to collect experiences. I love that phrase, collecting experiences. All right, enough. There you go. Kind of different uh, type of show. I'm going to be giving you so many different ones. We're going to look at the hardcore, you know, studies and research and things like that, but it's, it's all connected. We need to talk about all of these different things, the three buckets, the exercise and the the nutrition and the psychological side. And this is the psychological side. So the takeaway is, yeah, you're going to do challenging things. You're going to take your time. You're going to figure out what kind you like going to be happy not not this angry take on it that's easier (laughs) that's crazy as it sounds and you're going to slowly get stronger physically and mentally because we control three things how much we move what we put into our mouths and our state of mind and that is awesome all right Tom H. Fit Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. You can reach out, connect with me through there, ask questions, comments. Uh, You can also go to fitnessdisrupted.com or teamholland.com. Email me through the site, please. Rate the show, follow the show, uh, comment, subscribe, whatever you can do to to support it. It's a brand new feed, Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Although I keep saying brand new feed. We're coming up on 100 shows, and I did 400 of Fitness Disrupted, so we're almost at the 500th episode. And I hope those of you who have been with me for a while, you appreciate, like, you know, I'm bringing you a mix of stuff because we need it. We need it. We need variation. We need we need all three of those things that I, I just brought up because we can't get to where we need to get to by focusing on just one. If you just change what you eat, it's not going to work. If you just change your exercise, it's not going to work. And my goodness, if we don't look at the psychological, it's never going to happen. All right. Let me leave you with Jack Lane, who was on my radio show many years ago. His wife, still alive, 96, working out. Working out. I mean, how amazing is that? At 96. And just came out with a book. I think I'm going to try to reach out to her. I don't know if she's doing interviews. I mean, I know she's doing some interviews. I don't know if she's doing podcasts at 96. But if she is, I'm going to try to get her. All right? Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist. Believe in yourself.
I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you. 